When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse! Riley takes the snap, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, you can add another name to the list for Edmonton Oilers training camp, which will start on Thursday with medical testing. They'll hit the ice on Friday. Alex Chason coming to town on a professional tryout contract. He will join Scotty Upshaw and Jason Garrison on PTOs. Chason, 27 years of age. Played for the Capitals last season. So Jakob Yerbeck from the Oilers to the Capitals as a free agent on D. He actually gets a contract. Chase on a forward, 6'4", 208. He comes on a PTO. He played 61 regular season games for the Capitals. Had nine goals and nine assists. He played 16 playoff games and scored once. Capitals without Nick Backstrom and without Tom Wilson tonight is Nathan Walker playing his first game anywhere since April 15th. A shot from Chason. He scores! Alex Chason goes short side as the pass came from behind the net. So there is Chason's playoff goal. He played uh, all six games against Columbus, all six games against Pittsburgh, and uh, got into four of the seven games against Tampa Bay. Did not play in the Stanley Cup final against the Vegas Golden Knights. A little bit of trivia on that goal we played. Nathan Walker got the assist. Remember him? He was briefly an Edmonton Oiler, claimed off waivers from the Capitals, went back to Washington, the first Australian ever to play in the National Hockey League. So Chase on coming to town, 381 NHL games. He was drafted by Dallas back in 2009, didn't play until the 12-13 season because he went to Boston University, also played for Ottawa and for Calgary before joining Washington last season. I mean, this is a depth guy who's probably going to compete for a fourth line spot on the Oilers he actually you know for for a for a depth player he he has some decent scoring numbers nine goals in 61 games last year 12 and 81 the year before for Calgary if he can get 10 goals from a fourth line player that's pretty good so uh, I think he and and, uh, Upshaw will be uh, pushing pretty hard here to make the Oilers I think again this uh, means that Pontus Aberg probably not in the Oilers uh, plans here moving along. He could very easily wound up in the minors. So the Oilers adding some veterans, uh, adding some depth, cer- certainly question marks surrounding guys and how effective they can still be when they come in on PTOs. But chase on uh, another guy who will push for a spot on the Oilers. So that is the news for uh, the Oilers today. Again, training camp will start on Thursday at Rogers Place. Now, the Oilers' rookies... 
continuing to work out. They practice this morning. They will play the McEwen Nate All Stars tomorrow, seven o'clock at Rogers Place. So we'll have inside sports from six to seven. Then play by play of the game at seven. Uh, Tyler Benson yesterday in Calgary, and it was uh, turned into a rough one for the Oilers rookies. I thought they were pretty good through the first. 30 minutes of that game, had the better scoring opportunities, couldn't beat Tyler Parsons, who was really good in the Flames net. It's 1-1, and then uh, Calgary really rolled from there. But Tyler Benson looked very good. A lot of nice passes, looked equally strong on both his forehand and his backhand, seemed to see the ice very well, got a really nice assist on a third-period goal by Caleb Jones. And uh, he paid the price, took a couple of chipped teeth in the game as well. Uh, we were just on the power play there, and uh, I was going hard to the net, and the guy looked like he tried to lift my stick, so it got me straight in the, straight in the teeth, even had my mouth guard in, and didn't help. I know it wasn't the game you guys wanted scoreboard-wise. It looked like, though, you were creating offensively. How did you feel about how you played? Yeah, personally, I felt well. Uh, I feel like I was creating chances. Um, felt pretty good about my game, uh, but uh, now I'm just looking forward to this next game and only getting better each day. Well, what's working for him right now is that his body's healthy. He's back to 100%. He's put a good summer of hard work in. Um, he tested very well in our off-ice testing. He's shown very well in practice. And uh, I thought uh, during the game uh, yesterday, he factored not only on a bunch of uh, offensive plays um, where we spent a lot of time in the other team's end when he was on the ice, but he did a lot of good things defensively as well. Uh, he's going to continue to grow his game for going forward just like the rest of the group. It's definitely good. Uh, I feel 100 confident and uh, I'm not even thinking about it anymore so it's just hockey's all that's on my mind and I'm not even worried about uh, my body right now. Well, he's being asked about it, but I, I think he'd like to stop talking about the injuries as well. Tyler Benson drafted in the second round in 2016. This is the first time he's been able to participate in rookie camp because of the injuries, and uh, he was very good, as uh, you heard Coach Jay Woodcroft say, very good at both ends of the rink. I, I think it's a lot more encouraging prospect-wise for the Oilers, building organizational depth. I, I, I wouldn't put them as... Uh, as great in that category, but probably uh, up to average after uh, years of bad drafting and, and bad development. Things are looking a lot better for the players in junior and who will likely be playing on the farm this season. And obviously Tyler Benson will be headed to the Bakersfield Condors. All right, uh, we'll preview tomorrow's game against McEwen Nate. We're going to have Colton Waltz from the Nate Ooks on the show a little bit later on. Thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers Radio 630. Chad, you can text 630 630, the phone number, 780-496-0063. Whew, how about that one on... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Saturday night, Blake Dermott will break down the Eskimos' long-awaited win over Calgary when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Here's Raleigh. He pumps to the left side. Now throws to the left side. Going to the end zone for the Duke. 
touchdown Eskimos! Bo Levi Mitchell looks to the left side. He throws. It's intercepted. Intercepted. Eskimos have it. And it is to just inside the 15-yard line. First and goal for the Eskimos. Play action. There's the pass, and that'll be a touchdown for the Eskimos as they get to the end zone yet again. And it's Vidal Hazelton. 13-point lead for the Eskimos. They're trying to keep it that way. Mitchell drops back, throws. That'll be a touchdown. It goes to Morris. He's got his third touchdown of the night. Now the Stampeders have made it 48-41. The clock has hit zero. Is it possible? Is it possible to lose two weeks in a row on the final play of the game? We'll find out. Win or lose, here we go. There's the snap to Bo Levi Mitchell. He scrambles to the right side, loads up. He throws to the end zone, and no. Incomplete in the end zone. Well, just to let you relive it again. (laughs) You made it through. The Eskimos made it through. 48-42 over the Stampeders on Saturday night. The Eskimos go to 7-5. Pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports our Eskimos analyst, a former member of the team, Blake Dermott. Blake, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed. Thanks a lot. Yeah, great to have you back on the show. And uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, we're talking about an Eskimos victory. And... (laughs) Man, what a victory it was, 48-42, and uh, I mean, it was pretty much nonstop, unpredictable plays, uh, mistakes, big plays, wild back and forth. I, I mean, it started right on the opening couple of drives, and sometimes games like that don't stay that way all the way through. That one pretty much did. Yeah, you know, if you were uh, if you're a, a purist, you probably had a tough time with this game. But if you're just a fan, it was as exciting a CFL football game as I've seen in a while. Well, mistakes, right? And Calgary, again, uh, didn't look sharp to me, Blake. They, they didn't have a great game on Monday with a lot of drop passes. And they, they dropped a few on Saturday as well. I mean, Daniels dropped a touchdown. They had a chance to convert a, a third-down gamble for a punt. And, and so then you throw in the turnovers uh, on all that, and I thought that's really what allowed the Eskimos to build up that good lead after three. Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, too, that when, when you think about this game, it's from a, you know, you score 48 points on your rival. You cause seven turnovers. You, you, you basically, from an offensive standpoint, are like over 500 yards or right around 490-something yards in, in, in offense. And you're thinking, we had a fantastic game, but then you look over the, at the actual scoreboard and you say, we almost lost that game on the last play. And, yeah, all the stuff that you said about Calgary, you know, they didn't, they didn't look... They they made mistakes. They didn't look smooth. They didn't look they didn't look great on Monday, but they didn't. And and having said that, giving up seven turnovers, you got to come away from that game against the Eskimos with an awful lot of confidence that as badly as we played, we still could have won that game. And you know the Eskimos got to they, they they can't they can't uh, consider this to be a complete game for them because you know they, they're going to have to see Calgary again if they want to get to the Grey Cup for sure. They're going to have to go through Calgary. And uh, and Calgary's got an awful lot of confidence, saying as badly as we played, we could still we still almost beat them. And and uh, Edmonton has so much more, like we've been saying over the last number of years, they have so much more that they have to clean up to be a good team, to be a great team. And uh, and and I just think that this this was a good victory because they needed it, and they won. But boy, you better not think that that's uh, that's about as good as it's going to get, because it is because it, it isn't, and it won't be if uh, if they have another game like that. 
You know, you know, one word I've been using and other people have been using to describe the Eskimos is fragile, and that's in the in the wake of um, some of the finishes in four of the last five games, the three losses on the road and then the fourth quarter on Saturday. Is is that fair to call them a fragile team, or, or has it come down to some other issues that have uh, made the second halves uh, maybe a little closer than they've needed to be? No, I don't think that that's, uh, that's an, uh, an, an untrue assessment of where they're at because when you, when you consider in, in, in the three games as you, as you mentioned and, and then this one on Saturday, um, what position they were in at a part, part in that game and how they let it go and, and uh, the teams were able to come back and, and be successful with the exception of this one. It's, when, when you start to see that, it's, like, it, it's almost like for the Eskimos, a 20-point or a 17-point lead is like the two-goal lead in hockey. The most dangerous lead in hockey, and uh, and and they 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 give up a touchdown, and you think, okay, well, we're still 13 points ahead. Let's relax. Let's get back to what we're doing. And then something else happens, and then it starts to compound itself. And then now now when that that big old rock starts rolling down the hill, it's tough to put the brakes on the thing. And they when they because they, they don't know how to stop it when it's a pebble. And I and I I think yeah, that is a true assessment of where this team is at right now. Well, and it's funny, Blake, I was sitting there in the stands watching the game and and they had a great drive going to get over 50 points and and Riley fumbled. And despite the fact that the Stampeders were 105 yards away from the Eskimos end zone, down 20 points uh, with only, I think, about 14 minutes left to go at that point, I remember thinking to myself, "Uh uh-oh, the door's open, right? And I feel like I shouldn't be thinking that. And maybe if the Eskimos were playing Montreal or Toronto, I I wouldn't have been thinking that. But as as soon as Riley fumbled that, you know, there was this little voice in my head thinking, "Uh uh-oh, is that that the crack in the door that the Stampeders are going to use. Well, you know, I, I remember that play, and I, I didn't, I didn't have that thought until Calgary scored. <laughs> but I had the same thought because I, I was thinking, okay, they got 105 yards to go. They're going to, they're going to, uh, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll stop them, or they'll, they'll take up so much time off the clock that it's not going to be that much of an issue, and they'll settle themselves down again, with because there's still 13 points of the lead, but. But when, when Calgary marched down the field in that four minute and fifty what is it, four minute and thirty second drive, uh, hundred and five yards, they did it surgically. And they did it in big chunks and large, and small chunks and they just they just pretty much did what they wanted to do to get the to get the touchdown. That's what was concerning to me. It never seemed to be like that the Eskimos were putting them in into a stressful situation. And if you're you know, if you're allowing a team at any point of the game to be able to operate freely then they're going to gain an awful lot of confidence from that. And I think that's what the Eskimos allowed them to do at that point, whether they're playing their prevent defense or whatever it was that they were playing. And then, and, and then uh, you know, they, they had uh, a situation where they, I think there was two third and tens in that, uh, in that driver in a series of drives, and they just allowed them to be able to get the first down. And, uh, and, and when I say allowed, they, you know, that's not like they just stood there and watched them catch it, but they, they didn't seem to be putting up as much of a, uh, a resistance as they needed to at that point. And, and again, with a team like Calgary, you know, with, with the amount of guys that they had out, six, six important players out of the game, uh, uh, four of them starters, two of them uh, excellent special teams guys, they were able to plug those holes with some pretty decent athletes and, uh, and give the Eskimos a scare. 
Eskimos analyst Blake Dermott joining us on Inside Sports, talking about the Eskimos' thriller 48-42 over Calgary on Saturday night. Eskimos now in a bye week. They'll visit Ottawa on Saturday, September 22nd. You know, you know, you mentioned those plays Calgary started making in the fourth quarter and all the yardage they got. And w- whether it's you know this year's Eskimos team or, or not, yet yeah, we have seen that in the fourth quarter. You know, on both sides of the border over the years, where sometimes a team with a big league with a big lead, they they almost start getting too soft in their coverage. I mean, is that just uh, is is it hard to avoid that mentality sometimes, where it's like, okay, we're we're ahead by so much, we just don't want to get beat over the top, but but then it can start the ball rolling in the wrong way. Yeah, I think I I think it it, it happens maybe not as much as you think. I mean, it it obviously stands out when when it becomes very obvious and. And it looks like a sore, uh, a sore thumb when it does happen. But the reality is, you know, uh, coaches coaches uh, that are in those positions to make those kinds of calls you know, from a defensive standpoint uh, have got an awful lot of experience and, and, and are, are good at playing the odds. And the odds are that when you've got a lead of 20 points, that the guys aren't going to be able to come back. Something, you know, especially if they haven't been doing that all game, tough to catch uh, uh, you know lightning in a bottle in the last couple of minutes and then all of a sudden be excellent um, the difference is is that's you're talking about most teams you're not talking about arguably the best team in the CFL which is Calgary and their quarterback you know having a career day you know last week they, I can't believe it was uh, the first time that that uh, Bo Levi Mitchell had gotten over uh, 400 yards passing and then this time he was over 500 or right around 500 yards it was he was phenomenal, and this was a guy, you know, on on a bum leg uh, that was able to do this and uh, utilize the tools that are around him. So, so uh, you know, you you just you just can never seem to give a good team or a good quarterback an opportunity. And we saw this last night. If anybody watched the uh, Sunday night football game, you know, down 20 points in the fourth quarter and come back and win that game, and that's why he's the highest paid guy in the NFL uh, because uh, you know you you give him a little bit of an inch. And then all of a sudden, the the, uh, the the confidence starts to grow, and the momentum gets gets on your side. And sometimes it's tough to stop that big rock. You know what, Blake? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I started watching that game. I, I think in the second quarter, it was already ten nothing Chicago. Rogers got hurt, and and Chicago extends to a twenty nothing lead. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if Rodgers doesn't come back in the game, I'm going to shut the TV off. But I'm, I'm glad I kept it on. But, you, I mean, that's, that's, that's how good he is, right? That his team was down 20 nothing uh, after halftime. And I thought, well, this is worth watching. I don't know. I, I, there aren't many quarterbacks in the NFL that, that would have had me keeping that TV. I mean, maybe not even Brady, as great as he is. And, I mean, he is the greatest and winningest of all time. But, you know, Rodgers just has that, that different flair to him. And, uh, and and he did it, you know, playing pretty hobbled last night too. Well, uh, two Super Bowls, uh, Brady, uh, two Super Bowls ago, uh, Brady did the same thing in the Super Bowl. You know, they, they, they the good players, the good players, you, you have to, you know, it's that old thing. You know, once you got them down, you got to keep your boot on their throat so they can't get back up. And and the S doesn't matter. And they, again, learned lessons learned, all those kinds of things. You know, they, they won the game, which was really important for them, and, and this gives this goes a, a long way to uh, those guys getting a second place. Uh, they look at their schedule, and I think their schedule is favorable. They do have some tough uh, opponents out there, but you're going to have to play those guys anyways. You've got to beat them to get to second place. And uh, they, just, they, they that was great, but, but knowing that they can't let up, 
And that's not just players, because players do what players are called to do. You know, if, they're, if the play is called to play a certain type of defense, that's what the guys have to do. So maybe as coaches, you know, you had some success over the course of the evening, you know, being a little bit aggressive and uh, at times being aggressive and then to all of a sudden go to just passive mode uh, really uh, uh, allowed the Calgary, uh, Calgary offense to really get on track and put some points up on the board in an awful hurry. Well, Blake, uh, I'm glad the Eskimos survived it. And, uh, yeah, pretty good battle they should have now with Saskatchewan for second in the division. Hey, thanks for checking in today, man. Enjoy the bye week, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Reed. Thanks a lot. And happy birthday, Blake. It is Blake Dermott's birthday today. Great to have him on the show. Eskimos 48, Calgary 42, an absolute thriller. The Oilers news today. Alex Chason has been signed to a professional tryout contract spent last season with the Washington Capitals. I'm going to catch up on some text messages. Phone number is 7804. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 960063 and we'll talk to Nate defenseman Colton Waltz who is hoping to beat the Oilers rookies for the second straight year tomorrow night. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Trade. The Edmonton Eskimos have made a trade with the Toronto Argos and uh, they get kick returner Martise Jackson and a conditional sixth round pick in 2020 from the Argos and the Eskimos give up a third round pick in 2019. Uh, Martise Jackson, I mean, his official position is listed as running back, but he's primarily a returner. And uh, we have talked that to death this summer. Well, for the last few years, quite frankly, about how bad the Eskimos' return game is and has been. Jackson, this season, uh, has a 12.2-yard average on punt returns. He has a uh, long punt return of 70 yards. He does not have a punt return touchdown this year, but he did have two last season. And on uh, kickoff returns, he's averaging just over 20 yards. Jordan Robinson has been the Eskimos' primary returner this season. He averages eight yards per punt return, and his longest is 18. Uh, and on kick returns, he's about a yard behind Martise Jackson. So hopefully someone more dangerous especially on uh, punt returns for the Edmonton Eskimos. Martise Jackson, uh, 5'6", 185 pounds. Uh, he is 26 years old, went to Florida Atlantic, debuted for the Argos last season. Uh, I mean, he's, he's better than what the Eskimos have. So hopefully he can be a guy who can tilt the field a little bit. So that's the news for the green and gold. News for the Oilers is that Alex Chason, 27-year-old forward, is signed to a professional tryout contract. So he'll be in training camp starting on Thursday. You can text 630-630. 
Uh, Mike says, uh, Eskimos game on Saturday, definitely a nail-biter. I was at work and listened on the app. My favorite part of the game was when Morley announced that a baby was born at the game. I wonder if the couple named or is going to name their child something related to the Eskimos. That is from Mike B. Randy says, don't know how Chason is now, but thought he was good in Calgary. Tough to play against. Uh, this texter says the entire NHL is taking notice. The Oilers are failing to surround McDavid with good players. I'm embarrassed to say I'm an Oilers fan. My God, look at our performance as an NHL team and then look at Vegas. Peter Shirelli is totally a loss as a GM. That is a text to 630-630. And John says, hey, Reid, Brodziak, Upshaw, and Chason, heck of a solid veteran fourth line if that's the way it ends up. So some thoughts there on uh, the Oilers addition, well, at least addition to training camp, and Martise Jackson return specialist has been acquired uh, by the Edmonton Eskimos from Toronto for a third round pick in 2019. John is on the line at 780-496-0063. Hi, John. Hi, Reed. Man, that's great news. Marquis Jackson is a good returner. He's got breakaway speed like how to go, Brock Sutherland. We now not just need two good cover guys and we're set. Well, I mean, there was nowhere to go but up for the return game. And, yeah, Jackson's been been exciting, so hopefully a little bit more of a threat there. And, I mean, you know, I know Robinson's trying and and Smith hasn't been healthy and and he's trying, but there's just no burst. There's no burst into the hole. I think they know where they're supposed to go, but they just can't get there. Yeah, and you can, a lot of times, you'll see the blocking line up and and they're half a second too late, you know? Anyway. Uh, I'm calling because that was that was so much fun on Saturday. That was a spectacular display, and that's what true Eskimo fans have been waiting for: is for Riley and the, this talented offense to put it all together. And I mean, anybody who has anything negative to say about that game, Reed, just ask them. The last time anybody scored 48 points against Calgary, I'm pretty sure not in the last decade. Maybe you'd have to go back to the 90s. To figure that out, so I, I just I, I feel really good about the team. What I did this after was I looked up the schedule, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, first and second place aren't out of touch yet, and and so I looked at Calgary's schedule, and they have um, they've got Hamilton coming up this weekend, and Hamilton's playing really well, and if they happen to pull off a win, that puts Calgary at three losses. And, you know, they still have to play B.C. twice. They've got Saskatchewan at home, and they got Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Those are not easy games. And then looked at the Saskatchewan schedule. They've got three Eastern teams. Mm-hmm. And then Edmonton is in there on the 8th of October. That might be the game that decides second and third place. Yep. But we could still be fighting for first. And then they play in Winnipeg, and they play in Calgary, and they wind up in Saskatchewan. And so we got two Ottawa games, we got two Winnipeg games, BC and Saskatchewan. So Well, and, and Winnipeg and Ottawa ha- haven't looked great lately. I, I mean, I think you t- almost talk about Winnipeg and Ottawa the way we talk about the Eskimos. You're not sure what you're going to get week to week. Um, but uh, I still th- I mean, I John, I, I still th- think Calgary's is Calgary going to get the five losses? I, I doubt it. Like well, I, I, I can't see them losing along the way for sure. I can't but see them losing they're three of their three. seven games. They lost quite a few good guys. No, true. No, true. And uh, you know, I think that the, you know, I know the Eskimos went after that defensive back 
that was in for Evans. Um, but the running back still <laughs> still had a couple of big runs. So yeah, I, I, I think that happened. <laughs> I, I think the Eskimos are, are fighting for second with Saskatchewan. Uh, now Saskatchewan plays Ottawa Sunday, so we'll see which Ottawa team shows up there. But yeah, that was a fun one, John. Hey, great for uh, great for you calling in tonight. It's always good to hear from you, buddy. Thanks a lot, Reed. All right, that that is Joe. Sorry, John, didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, great to hear from John. Very uh, passionate uh, Eskimos fan, and we hear from him more during hockey on the Oilers as well. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern food and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Okay. Uh, Zib says, great trade for the Eskimos because our return game is non-existent, should be an improvement. Another texter simply says, Reed, did I hear you right? <laughs> well, if that's that the Eskimos traded for Martise Jackson, uh, you heard me right. If you uh, are asking if I said that the uh, Oilers signed Alex Chason to a professional tryout, you heard me right. If you heard me say that I'm going to... Uh, open a uh, shop selling necklaces on Venice Beach, you heard me wrong. Fair enough, Kellen? I thought you were going to sell the seashell <laughs> ones. Yes, that's what I'm, uh, I'm going to do. I had 10 bucks down. Uh, and Jim oh. says, love all the PTOs uh, showing there is uh, no gimmies on the Oilers. Yeah, three players coming to Oilers camp on a PTO. Chason, Upshaw, and Garrison. Yeah, that's going to be interesting up front. I mean, does this push... I mean, I already think it was going to be tough for Pontus Aberg to stick around. Does, does this put a little more heat on uh, on a guy like Drake Kajula? Because I think... I mean, you got... Okay, who's on the who's obviously going to be on the team? McDavid, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Lucic. I think Raddy will start up there. Uh, Reeder, Strom, uh, Jujar... And then you got uh, Brodziak has been signed. Aberg's around. Kajula's around. Well, Pugliarvi. I mean, yeah, could could if Upshaw and Chason make the team, does this uh, push Kajula down a little bit or make him an extra forward some nights? That's an interesting thought there. I I, I would think Upshaw. Well, you know, Chase. You know, Chason. He, this is interesting to me because he has been able to score as a, and he's definitely a depth guy. I mean, let's not have any fantasies here about him blasting into a top six player. Uh, but like I said earlier, nine goals in 61 games with the Caps, 12 and 81 with Calgary the year before, and Calgary was 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 good that year. Eight in 77 with Ottawa, 11 in 76 with Ottawa, had 13 goals uh, with Dallas in 79 games in 13 uh, 14. Now, if he's a 10-goal guy on your fourth line, uh, that's not bad for a fourth line. It's going to be some interesting battles to watch and, and some veterans who at least you, you should know what you're going to get out of them pushing for spots on the Oilers. And, uh, yes, Martise Jackson has been uh, traded for by your Edmonton Eskimos. And the return game has been... I mean, I mean, late in that game, Calgary scores a touchdown... And Edmonton has to line up to protect against a short kick. And the Stampeders kick it deep. And Robinson gets it almost on his goal line and, and doesn't even get it past the 20. 
So now Calgary has all the momentum, and, and Edmonton is starting deep again. Just finishing, uh, just checking. So last season, Jackson first in the CFL. And he also, uh, another little thing, and it doesn't always happen all the time, but a, a dangerous on, uh, and I'm just checking the story, guys. I'm just reading all this on the fly here, too. Uh, but he's dangerous on uh, potentially missed field goals as well, which is another uh, little way to score points or to uh, or to get some field position back. So that's uh, some story developing here with the Edmonton Oilers. And we may get Brock Sunderland calling in uh, right away here, Kellen. Kellen, let's call a quick timeout, and uh, we'll try to get Brock on the line, and uh, hopefully we'll get to Brock Sunderland right after the break. So the breaking news this half hour, the Edmonton Eskimos have made a trade with the Toronto Argos and uh, the Eskimos looking to address some of the weaknesses with their return game. They have sent a third round pick in 2019 to the Toronto Argos to get returner Martise Jackson. Before the break, I was checking his stats. He did have a missed field goal returned 125 yards for a touchdown last season. Two punt return TDs last year and he averages over 12 yards of return this season. My name is Reed Wilkins and Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland is on the line. Brock, thanks for uh, checking in here uh, so close uh, so quickly after making this deal, uh, let me hear it from you. Give give me your scouting report on Martise Jackson. Oh, he's dynamic. Every time he touches the ball, he's a threat to score. And along with the the touchdowns that you'd mentioned, he had one callback at Winnipeg last year and another one this year callback versus Montreal. So off the top of my head, there's five official touchdowns, well, two back. But more than that, he flips the field very consistently. So uh, it's an area that we feel we can improve, and, and we think he's in the conversation of being the best in the league at returning. And on top of that, when he was used, which wasn't a lot, but when he was used on offense in Toronto, he was very dangerous and he gets an open field. So overall, we think he's going to make an immediate impact for us as a returner and also add a, a weapon on offense to go with that. Brock, you know, the, the return game has, has been discussed, you know, a lot on, on shows like this one, obviously. And, uh, you know, Jamil Smith and Jordan Robinson, I know they've been working very hard, but, but unfortunately a lot of nights the, the results just weren't there. Uh, was this something you, you were, were looking to address, um, you know, throughout the summer, or, or did the need maybe become more, uh, more urgent to you, uh, you know, perhaps over the Labor Day series? It's been something that uh, I've been in conversations with a couple teams, and actually Toronto and I had been discussing this a, a while back, and uh, I think back to July. So it's been something that I've been looking at pretty consistently for a while now, uh, and uh, the timing was just right. You know, I think we had the, the big win on Saturday, and again, everybody's working hard and, and trying, and it's no shot at, at Jordan or Jamil. Jamil's been banged up all year. Um, this guy's just special. And, and frankly, no matter who we have back there, if you have a chance to get some of, of his talent and skill set, um, I think you make the move, and, and we did. Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland joining us on Inside Sports. Martise Jackson, the newest Edmonton Eskimo, acquired in a trade for a third-round pick from the uh, Toronto Argos. So the potential to, uh, l- like you said, 
the touchdowns are great, but maybe flip the field and, and get some momentum if uh, you can reel off the, uh, the odd 20- or 30-yard return. Um, Brock, um, I, I'm, I'm going to throw you a, a bit of a softball here, but given the, the, uh, the flow of that game on Saturday night, I, I think it's worth asking uh, to get your first-hand reaction. What was your experience taking that game in, 48-42 over Calgary? Probably, like every other Eskimo fan, uh, excited for most of it and then hold my breath a little bit there at the end and thinking, you know, there's no way we can let this one get away. You know, we've had that happen four times this year, all of them on the road, where we feel we've had the, a game within our grasp and in control. And so, you know, just sitting there thinking, hold tight and, and hang on, and hopefully this is the start of a good run for us. You know, the the word that, that is gets thrown around about the Eskimos this year, and, and, and uh, Blake Dermott and I discussed it about half an hour ago, uh, is the word fragile. And as a GM, you, you probably wince when you hear that. You could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, but is there some fragility that needs to be worked past here uh, with your team, specifically in second halves? Well, I guess I would ask you what you guys define fragile as, because there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. So what specifically do you mean by fragile I, I, I would say there there's been there's been an inability to to put games away or or perhaps um, stem the tide when it starts going against you yeah I don't think fragile is the word I'd use I think that really implies something negative like we don't uh, have you know uh, an aggressive attitude whatsoever I don't think it's a lack of effort or a lack of mental toughness or physical toughness or effort um, I think it's just not making plays when we need to make them when we get that momentum and not um, making the final player that next step to close the game out and letting teams hang around. And, look, it's pro football, so um, every team is capable. And I, I keep saying that, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but every game you play, you have to play your best. And there's games where we've started out really hot or have had hot quarters and haven't been able to stay consistent. So I wouldn't use the word fragile. Uh, I think that's very negative and, and too negative, to be frank. Um, I would use the word inconsistent. All right, fair enough. Brock, thanks for checking in on this trade. Uh, Martise Jackson is going to be exciting to watch, and uh, obviously it's going to be a great stretch drive here in the Canadian Football League. Really appreciate your time, and enjoy your bye week, Brock. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. That is Brock Sunderland, the general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos, checking in tonight. So, Martise Jackson uh, is the newest Edmonton Eskimo as uh, he comes over in a trade for a third-round draft pick in 2019. The Eskimos also get a conditional sixth-rounder in uh, 2020. So, as, uh, as Brock said the ability to uh, flip the field. And that's something that the Eskimos haven't had. I mean, it's one thing. It's great if you can return a kick for a touchdown. Those will happen every once in a while. But, um, you know, the Eskimos rarely get that 15, 20, 25-yard return where you look, you know, a team punts it, and uh, it's a little deflating to see it returned, you know, around half the distance of of what it was punted. So Martise Jackson has more of that game-breaking potential for the Eskimos, more of that field-flipping potential. That's That's been an important piece that's that's missing. And when we've discussed Eskimos special teams or uh, or graded them, uh, you know, we've often separated the, the kicking, the kick coverage, and the return game because the kicking, for the most part, has been pretty good. Sean White's a, a reliable field goal kicker, and I think Hugh O'Neill's having a, a very good, if not excellent, season punting the ball. 
All right, uh, you can text 630-630. I'll catch up on a couple of those. Uh, we will uh, pursue a story we first brought you a, a couple of months ago, of, well, a little longer ago than that, about uh, sports facilities in uh, in the capital region. We're going to talk to uh, Matt Backwich, who's part of a group trying to uh, work on some of those issues. And we'll still get to an interview with Colton Waltz, who will play for Nate tomorrow against the Oilers rookies, part of that McEwen-Nate All-Star team. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.